Hello. Welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, y'all. Thanks so much for being here. It's Lindsay and Krista. And it's as if we're just doing an intro for the first time ever. I know. <laughs> Feeling a little rusty. It's been, it's been a week. I don't know if you guys are, how yeah. you guys have been feeling. You know, I came into 21, 2021, like on fire. Like I was like, yes, this is the best year of my life. And I've been given some lessons and it's just never fails to amaze me this journey of life. <laughs> Honestly, literally know, sometimes man. I'm like, God, it's just hard. And I was like thinking about that the other day. I was like, I wish I could express or say what happens behind the scenes, but in a business, it's really hard to do without feeling unprofessional to share yeah. everything that goes on behind the scenes. And so it's like a weird incongruency that I feel sometimes where I'm like, I can't, I'm really, really honest all, almost all the time with you guys. And it feels weird to not be able to express what goes on that's been really hard lately. Yeah. Yeah. And to the point of like, oh, this never ends, just kind of mm -hmm. like working on things and going through things. I've been thinking about that a lot. And I'm like, am I bringing too much, too much expectation to like mm -hmm. thinking that that I'm working towards this one thing when I'm doing the work. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Where I'm like, to your point of just feeling like another thing yes. that I have to work on. Yeah, it's funny. It is. It's like, because if Maybe I reach my goal that. or whatever my goal is, then what? I die. You know, like it's <laughs> yeah. like at your goal, you have another level of learning. There's mm -hmm. always something technically to be learned. And it's like, if you learn it, and heal it, hopefully it doesn't continue to show up. Yes. Yeah, we've we've had a lot of things. January was a, is like a very dense month of, mm -hmm. of birthing new things for Almost 30. We have our rebrand membership. We did Camp Almost 30 and all like really positive and exciting. And I think sometimes when you birth new big things, like the contrast comes to the surface of worthiness, insecurities, fill in the blank. It's just, it's been quite the contrast because mm -hmm. <laughs> you like want to celebrate. You're like, yeah. And then you're like, oh my God. Yes. I have so much more to work on. <laughs> yes. The test. You're like, yeah, it's, like, it's hard. It takes you away from the celebration of what you're doing. And I think after camp, that's what I, we learned is like, that was such a powerful day. So much energy, so much beautiful people and beautiful Ex like what a beautiful experience that it was almost like a, a retreat in a day. And that was really the goal for it to feel like mm. the energy of, of us doing a retreat in a day. And I needed to like take time after. Yeah, I don't know what we were thinking. And I know, why do I always do that? I always do oh, that. Like anytime I land a flight or like something, it's like the, the next day is normal <laughs> yeah. with work. And I'm just like, why do I keep doing that to myself? Mm -hmm. I think it was the for me, it felt like we have to hold this baby, the membership mm -hmm. that, you know, the enrollment's open. I'm like, okay, we got to hold it. Like mm -hmm. we can't just have a day off on Monday. We got to like hold it and usher it into the world. But yeah, that was learning because I was exhausted. I was having the most wacky dreams that were, it's the type of dreams that were starting my next day on the wrong ass foot. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. It, it was like, it was a feeling that I couldn't shake all day which was so frustrating. I actually asked last night, I was like, okay, I kind of want, I want my dreams. If they're going to be this like 
clear and intense, I really want like a message to come through where I'm like learning some yeah. things rather than just being disturbing and not make sense. And so last night I had this dream where there was this old woman and we were in her home. I don't know who she was, but she was really old. And I kept saying in my head, she's going to fall and really hurt herself or die. Like she's going to fall. She's going to fall. She's going to fall. Like I just kept saying it in my head, even though she was like talking to me and she's like, one sec, I'm going to go down the basement. And she went down the basement and I heard, oh shoot. And she (laughs) fell. (laughs) And the message literally when I woke up, like it was so clear that dream ended and I woke up was your thoughts create things. Wow. (laughs) I mean, so simple. We hear it all the time, but I was like, that was an odd. Also, you're like, do you want me to be codependent on people? Like, can I try and break free from being so concerned about what everyone else is doing and not so odd. Be like obsessed with someone else. My dreams have all been really good this week, actually, which is oh, weird. But I've kind of gone through all of my old crushes. Oh, I love doing that. And I've had like the feeling that I had at the beginning of the crush. Mm. And they're so <laughs> hilarious. Every dream has been a crush dream and it is the vibe. I highly recommend having crush dreams. I love a crush Because it's dream. like, I've gone through everyone. It's like, I'm now at the point where I'm getting closer to Justin. So I'm interested if we, mm-hmm. usually with my dreams with Justin in it, he's not like, because we're so close. He's not like a character really. He's yeah. just, I know he's, he's in yeah. it. So they're like been crush dreams. And the other night I had a dream. I, my Jetta, I am. Um, I hit this like little wooden pole. <laughs> I was in Topanga. You've never hit anything. I know, honestly. <laughs> I was in Topanga um, with a, a dear friend on a hike outside and it was parked in this really tight spot and Topanga's super tight and all the neighbors were outside and they were like watching me pull out. So I was getting nervous that they were watching me. So I was like, Urgh. and I like hit this little pole because they were staring at me the whole time. And then I had to like peel out because I was so embarrassed. But in my dream, I took my car to the shop and they're like, actually, I think, you know, we have something else for you and you're going to leave with the Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I was like, okay, the upgrade. It is. Yeah, wow. it was a good one. But I hope you guys have had, you know, hopefully a good January so far. It's been crazy mm-hmm. just astrologically, but it was nice because I think a lot of our astrologer friends have said um, that the year definitely gets better. I know for Justin, he's a Taurus and he said January 3rd to March 2nd is like some of the best... Oh, wow. Planetary alignments for like the next couple years. It's like really powerful for him. Wow. So maybe something is really interesting for your sign. But I'm really excited about, you know, membership has been a blast. Mm -hmm. And just like a dream to come to a space where we're like, feels like we're with friends and feels like our intention of creating this container for us to actually integrate and digest a lot of the topics that we talk about on the podcast in a meaningful way that impacts people, where it's not like we're just learning all the spiritual information and we're consuming so much and not really integrating or taking action on it. And it's just been really beautiful so far. All the people in it are so kind and incredible. And I just couldn't be happier about membership. Yeah. I was thinking about, you know, this last year, we got some taste of what I'm experiencing now in the membership, like through our new Paradigm Workshop series, things like that, where I was like, wow, this is like deeper work and more supported work. And I was really wanting more of that. You know, I think we can take in a lot of information from podcasts and books and things like that and from social media, but to have a very intentional place to actually go a lot deeper is what I was 
I was really craving. And seems like a lot of you out there are too who have joined the membership. So enrollment is open uh, until the 31st of January. And we did this on purpose because we really want to have, you know, those six months be a closed safe container. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we had people who have joined, brought their friends, like are really just committing to these six months. We'll open enrollment again in six months. But yeah, I'm really, I'm really proud and excited. We'll have a bonus episode every month. We'll have a two-hour workshop. We'll have live hangs with Krista and I. We'll do a Q&A. Every month has a theme. So we'll have affirmations and meditations and journal prompts around that theme. And you guys will get uh, special discounts and early access to new programs and things like that. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. We have Natalia Benson, one of our favorites helping us understand our natal chart. So actually, I don't know how to read my natal chart in astrology. I have no idea. So I'm really (laughs) excited to learn. And then the next month we have Milana Snow is going to do energy healing. And I was talking to another friend, a few other friends of ours that are leaders and healers about if they want to do sessions uh, for our members specifically. So they're really excited. It's going to be like our new paradigm series that we did last year, really just inputted in the membership. So everything that Lindsay and I are, is, are doing in 2021 will pretty much be inside of the membership. So would love to see you there. You know, don't mm-hmm. feel like it's so much pressure where, you know, like I just don't want you guys to also feel pressure <laughs> yeah, no when you pressure. get in there that you're going to like, <laughs> it's not going to be like an ayahuasca ceremony or anything. It's going to be <laughs> chill and gentle and, and powerful at the same time. Yeah. And if you haven't caught it, we just relaunched our new branding, new website and... Yeah, it's really, it's been cool to work on just kind of looking at our evolution from (laughs) uh, our first logo was, I was in a bikini and a track jacket, swear. I was in a one piece because, you know, (laughs) not that body confident. Trucker hats. Yeah, trucker hats, jean shorts. I mean, pray for us. And then there was like a splatter with some text font, like a graphic designer, if you were a graphic designer, would have puked if you saw it. And then... We had another logo that was pretty funky from this amazing graphic designer. I forget what her name was, but because it was years ago, but we had that one. And then we've just pretty much gone through the ringer with websites. (laughs) And now we're at this place where our website is just so good. Yeah, really. And what we were wanting to improve upon, I think most was like the experience Mm -hmm. that people had on the website think in in years past and websites past, it was kind of confusing and maybe like overboard on what we were giving you on all the pages. So this user experience, our hope is that it's really seamless, that it directs you exactly where you need to go and also to learn more and and engage with other parts of Almost 30 that can just further your learning and growth. Mm -hmm. 100%. It's beautiful. Almost30.com. It's nice and fresh and it was done by the Tonic team. So Lindsay and I have been working on it with them for over a month now, going back and forth on colors, designs, like all of these things. And it's just been a lot. Like it's a lot of new birthing. And I definitely didn't recognize how much integration time or like downtime we need after doing these big things. Yeah. So always learning. Truly. Can you tell we're tired? I know, honestly. (laughs) Oh man, excited. Today's episode is a really special one. Oh my God. Mm. We have Ash. I kept thinking about this on the calendar. I was like, kept wondering, I'm like, when is this one coming? Because this one is so good. Yeah. Ash Ash is number one. She's number one. She's an ancestral healer, spiritual life coach, conscious business strategist, and just 
an incredible speaker. She joined us at Camp Almost 30. If you are in the membership, you will have access to the entire Camp Almost 30, by the way. And her session was, wow. It was like everyone's session was 30 minutes and everyone was just so powerful in a very short amount of time. And Ash just brought it. It was Mm -hmm. beautiful. Yeah, it was cool. And I'm really excited to talk about ancestral healing and it's a there's no one else I'd rather, you know, talk about it with. I remember I think she emailed us a few months ago and I had hadn't had the pleasure of knowing who she was just quite yet and I don't really read a lot of pitches just because our team, you know, will review them, but I remember seeing her pitch and just it was one I read and clicked on and I was like I'm trying to be really thoughtful about who's coming on the show, so I listened to one of in my own way, thoughtful. And I always have to hear people talk. (laughs) I don't look at their social media really, but I'll just hear them talk. So I heard her on a podcast and she said a few things, literally a minute. I was like, oh yeah, this is on. Done. Mm -hmm. And I really felt like this conversation was so um, expanding for me because I hadn't really done a lot of ancestral healing work. I hadn't really thought it would be something that was for me. You know, I didn't Mm -hmm. really understand how we all have ancestors. We all have access to ancestral healing. And it wasn't something I felt super connected to. So in learning about ancestral healing with Ash on this episode and then in camp, I really expanded my mind to hopefully at some point work with her one-on-one to do ancestral healing, but also just to dig in a little bit deeper and see how on a cellular level that ancestral pain, trauma, or experience is still impacting me today. Yeah. She shares with with us how we can get in touch with our ancestral lineage um, to begin healing and just recognizing the ancestral patterns, which I think is really powerful. And then just the power itself from knowing your own history. Candidly, I don't know a lot about my own family history. So this has been a really interesting journey. We also talked about the ego death. I thought that was a really powerful part of the conversation. It sounds incredibly dramatic and it can be, but it's also like very much a part of being alive and being human. I wonder if the ego, does the ego actually ever die? You know? Totally. (laughs) I think, but can it happen over and over? Yeah. Because like, what is it? Then is it reborn again? Such an interesting thing to think about. Totally. You know what I mean? Because we talk about ego death and I have been through what I perceived to be what was happening was an ego death. But it's like, Maybe it's then it grows the, again. Yeah, like it's like I a kind baby of feel ego. like it does. <laughs> Probably, it's almost like a snake that just Sheds grows its, its tail again. Yes, when it's cut off a leg. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's almost like talking about those deep transformational experiences where you know that you're going to come out the other side a new person too. Yeah, really powerful. Um, we recorded this in Miami. Mm-hmm. It was really beautiful to be able to meet Ash in person and we hope to be doing a lot more with her. So you can connect with her on Instagram at Ash Inspires. You can find her website there and just ways in which you can work with her. So enjoy this episode. Yep. Almost30.com for membership. So our membership enrollment is open. It closes on the 31st for the next six months. So it won't open again for six months. You can find every single session from camp in the membership, which is really powerful Peter Kelly, Aaron Rose, Ash Johns, Doc Jen Fit, Sahara Rose, Spirit Daughter. There's just really exciting people. Lindsay and I had a special session in there too. And then we'll be um, in that container, you know, pretty much exclusively for the next six months, just really growing with our community in a deep way. Cannot wait. Almost30.com slash membership. Enjoy this episode. If it resonates, please share with your friends, family. And we always appreciate 
if you are called to write a review. It helps us out Mm -hmm. a lot. So thanks again. And we'll see you on the other side. See you soon. Before any and all interviews and even my client sessions, I always like to take a moment to acknowledge the ancestors, the guides, our higher selves, and all of the things that have brought us to this moment together, just to honor our spirits and just ask for blessings. So feel free to join us as we do this. Deep breaths in. To the wonderful and loving ancestors, the great and highest high. (laughs) That's funny. Mm -hmm. Our highest selves. Mm. The stars, the sun, the moon, the lands in which we work and live on. We just want to honor all of the spirits, all of the beings that allowed us to come into community and company today. To all of the listeners across the lands and the airways and the oceans. We just ask for blessings upon all of us for the healing and the evolution of each other and our lives and for the collective. Thank you for these blessings and this opportunity. And so it is. Thank you. And so it is. Beautiful. Thank you. So powerful when you remember that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's um, sometimes people are asking, you know, how to be spiritual. And if we just slow down and become aware and to have some acknowledgement, instantly we tune in, mm-hmm. tap in. Yeah. And we feel things. Mm-hmm. I know I was talking to, who was I talking to? A friend yesterday about how life got so much better when I discovered spirituality. And it sounds like you discover, it's like discovering yourself, discovering God, discovering the mystical. It's like life just opened up and became purposeful. It's like, I have my purpose. This is my purpose. But also the spiritual journey really is my purpose. And it was just, I was so lost before I found it. I was like, and it's not a religion, you know, it's not like an attachment to a religion where I found something, but it was just, you find this like beautiful, fun way to be that means so much and is so meaningful. It's the best. When did you connect with your purpose? <laughs> I believe that we all come here with our purpose already. And we have different purposes. Is it purpose I? Oh, I'm going with that one. (laughs) Purposey. Right. (laughs) And they overlap, but they always align to the greatest reason that, you know, we decided to come here. And so for me, I knew my purpose as a child. I knew that I was very creative. I knew that I was spiritually connected. I was raised in a very spiritual church. Mm. And, um, you know, coming back to what you just said around the difference between religion and spirituality and how religion came to be. Originally, it was always spirit, spirituality, right? So I think it really tapped in of what my purpose is and starting to live it and believe in it just in the last four years. Mm. And even when you know, even when I have known my purpose, there's moments that I'm living it in a different way than I had ever imagined or thought, right? It's like a deepening, it's um, being it and then becoming more of it, which aligns to that whole idea of potentiality. Mm-hmm. You know, our greatest fear is that we won't become who we came here to be because of all this other fluff. But we That's knew. literally mm-hmm. my greatest fear. I knew as a kid. I had an imaginary friend that would tell me all kinds of things, but it was a spirit. Like I was talking to spirit from beginning and wanting to care and help for people, help people, I should say. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's always been my greatest fear. I'm like, I'm afraid I'm not going to live up to my potential. Like, 
because we have this like infinite potentiality, but then you kind of settle in and you're like, oh, that's kind of reaching, you know, that's a little ego in a way kind of tricks you. What religion was it? And like, you had a great experience because I'm always interested to hear great religious experiences. <laughs> but I didn't have a great experience. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I was like, because I grew up Catholic, so oh, no, we're church like, hurt. Yes. church hurt is church real. Church hurt. Oh man. Yeah. So I grew up Christian, okay. Pentecostal Christian and had Baptist um, backgrounds and roots. However, my Christian church, all black, mostly. And there would be, you know, a couple of white folks come in, different people every now and again, but very much so was rooted in figuring out your relationship to God and spirit and looking at signs and wonders and having your own power. And I mean, it really was black African spirituality mm-hmm. within the context of Christianity or like within the setting of Christianity. So we use the Bible differently. There was still the fire and, and you know, hell and brimstone and fear and all of the things associated with Christianity. Christianity. But there was also a leaning in for what your spiritual gifts were. Mm-hmm. It was like, you have a gift, let's cultivate it. Do you have prophecy? Can you see dreams? Let's like pull that out. And you were called out and forward to embody them within the church. And then that would obviously fall into your regular life outside of church if you really um, allowed it. So, wow. And yeah. so what was the negative? Yeah. What part was? <laughs> oh, I was like, that sounds dope. That sounds pretty cool. Right. I'm like, <laughs> mystic school? Dope. Literally, yeah. if that happened in the Catholic church, they'd be like, honestly, bit d- down. Yeah. Come back. H- yeah. H- 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 hockey sticks. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to mass. So. Oh, it's, it's the same. It's the same for years and years. It never changes. Yeah. Every year is the same fucking thing all over the world. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> and then what you do is you stare at the dead body of Christ to symbolize apparently as resurrection, but it seems like a glorification of his actual death. And then you eat the body and blood of Christ, which is totally normal. <laughs> I mean, it's just a little bit of witchcraft. Yeah, I mean, I'm just totally. saying, like, give me some of that blood. Like, it's, a, it's a ritual every time. Every time. Every time. Here's the thing though. Ritual gets powerful mm-hmm. when we're actually leaning into spirit. And yes. Healing the thing. But when we're just going through the motions, we've yes. just got these actions, which we do a lot of that in our day-to-day life. Like my whole, one of my purpose eyes, <laughs> just gonna I love, love that. that. I love We're it. making merch. Copyright that. <laughs> yeah, <that's> right. <laughs> Trademark symbol. Uh, you heard it here first on almost 30. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like if there's a way that I can live my life that inspires or calls people into their own spirituality, like really, like I love the Instagram tap, tap likes and loves, like that's great. But if you actually say, oh, by coming across Asher, by being in community with these people or listening to this podcast, I now live differently. I now know, I don't question, I've worked through some deep things. And that is the ultimate like blessing to me. Talk about legacy. 100%. That's what it's like interesting with being in our space because it's like, and I want to talk about the church thing, but it's like interesting to be in our space because you're like, we are in a way sometimes dependent on you being away from yourself. You being in community with us on the podcast, you engaging with our content, you doing all these things. And you know, the more you go to the to the consumer side of it or like the social media side of it or digital influencer side of it, it's like, it's almost trance-like in the way it controls you. And so our goal really is to awaken people where they don't even need us because they only have themselves. So it's like an interesting dance to do, to be like, we want to continue to awaken everyone, but we also don't want anyone to be dependent on us. Yeah. And you don't want to be like a guru to anyone. Not that yeah, literally everyone's a like guru, LOL. <laughs> well, like, even if you don't think you are a guru, people can see you that way. Like, right? You get fan yeah. mail and they're like, wow, like you? And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
like, thank you. But mm-hmm. also remember, I'm going through my own healing. That's what allows me to show up and do this. Like when we live out loud, sometimes, yeah, people just start to personify you in a way that just takes away your humanity. So yeah, we need to... I don't know how we do it. I think I'll tell you how I do it. Yeah. I disappear on social media all the time. I love like that. I tell people, I'm like, yeah. So when I'm away, it's because I'm doing my healing. I'm working on something, and I just want to help. That's part of the healing, right? The evolution of like help us stop being on the track of just consumption all the time. Mm-hmm. There's so many people who do it. They're just like tapped out. I don't have to announce it, you know, and prepare you. I just disappear for a moment. Then when I come back, we're all renewed and it's a new chapter and a new version. So, And it's truly permission for other people to do that too. Because yeah. you're so right. The amount of time that we are consuming rather than actually like being and like you said, healing and integrating. I mean, the proportion is totally yeah. lopsided. Yeah. And it's become such a distraction to kind of seek the healing that's either right for you or that resonates. It's like, there's not as much of the doing mm-hmm. of it. I love what you said about, you know, religion having spirituality or spirit as its base or as its foundation and how that has just kind of been distorted and lost obviously throughout the centuries. But how have you like reckoned with that being, you know, having your experience in the Baptist church? Mm. I um. Pentecostal, Pentecostal, Pentecostal mostly. Yes. Yeah. I completely walked away. I was like, fuck this and all of you, all of it's wrong. Like just burned it, just needed mm. to just remove it from my total, my entire like sphere in my space. And um, it took me on a journey of discovery. I just wanted to live in any way that brought me back to myself. And I was desperately asking like, who the fuck am I? If it wasn't religion, it wasn't church, it was my career. You know, I used to be in advertising. And so those two things were my identity besides being a black woman, right? And so I was like, I'm getting rid of all of these. I mean, I can't take away my skin or my gender or sex, right? Not for me. Like I am absolutely who I am. But these other two things, I'm ripping them off. And let me go see what I what really resonates. And that was very, very hard, but it's so necessary. And when we look across the board of all these people that we admire and we read all the books, whether it's The Alchemist or Siddhartha or anything, everyone talks about that. Like, would you throw it all out and go seek and see who you find, which it just takes you deeper inside yourself. And that's what I did. And then I continually do over and over again. And let me tell you something, every fucking time I do it, Shit gets scarier and scarier, but it gets better and better. Yeah. It's that ego death. Mm-hmm. Every time. So what's your process for that besides drugs? <laughs> like, because it's like for me, I'm like, I've had ego deaths in doing like mushrooms and I've had ego deaths in my life consciously. But I feel like for people, you know, it's probably the long process. It's hard to understand that. And it's hard to like, especially too, like the more I love myself, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, like I, I was in... um had this situation this year. I was like, oh my God, I love myself so much. I'm sad to let her go. I was like, oh, this one's a good one. This this mm-hmm. one is a good one. I'm sad to let this one go and I'm still working on it. But like, what would be your process then? And what is the benefit? You know, for people like, why would I get rid of my identity? Why would they do that? Mm-hmm. Ah, let me think about that for a moment. First thing is I don't ever consciously opt into it. I'm not like, oh, time to do another death cycle. skippity doo dah day, you know, like let's sign mm-hmm. up, Ash. It just starts happening. Things don't fit and they don't feel the way. And I start hungering or wanting something else. So I realize how I'm holding back and 
I might have written something down I want to pursue or to share or do and I'm not doing it. I'm like, wait a minute, hold up, stop. You know, um, and once that awareness happens, then everything, it's like, it's like, um, what's that movie inception where as soon as you get awareness then everything starts to fucking shift and fall apart. Like that's what it feels like. And I start to shake like my actual nervous system my, and I'm moving fast and I'm moving slower and things are starting to, to move. And so that's the moment where I consciously say, oh shit, I'm a lean in. Like, it's literally like that. Oh shit, I'm a lean in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm just like, all right, what do I need to get rid of? Too many clients? Okay. This is the most recent one, like real talk. Too many clients? Gotta go. Need a break? Absolutely. Marriage failed? Finish with that. Like back to back to back. There's nothing I won't say no to, even though it hurts and I'm afraid and there's a lot of tears. And then I call in my support, which is starting with myself. Then it'll be my ancestors. Then it's my spirit guides or any other beings that decide to show up. And then I'm like, where's my new coach or the coach I've been working with? Who's my elder? Who's my spiritual alchemist? Who are the folks that are, and I don't necessarily, at least especially this last round, I don't actually go and seek these people like typing out like, who's my next spiritual alchemist? Like, Um, I very much so believe that those people come and meet you when you're in that. And that's how I experience it. So I guess hearing what I'm saying, hmm, there is a a surrendering and a letting go. And we use that word all the time, but this is what it, it really is, like how I experience it. I start seeing the signs and feeling the things and I just keep saying yes. And then I take note of the different people who are coming into my sphere. Like I'm working with someone who I had no one, she wasn't even in my peripheral at all. Like, in fact, I think I was in her Facebook group and then left and was like, I don't know what the fuck this shit is. Like, it's not resonating. I said that when we were talking when we first at our first meeting. I was like, I didn't know what the fuck you were talking about. It wasn't resonating. And now it's like, oh my God, it was right there. And she's been able to unlock some things in me that I didn't, as much healing, as much as I speak to spirit, as much as I help so many others, I didn't see that in myself. I mean, it went to the depths and core, not just me too, those who came before me. Yeah. When did you have the awareness of the connection between healing yourself and healing your ancestors? Was that always a part of your knowing or did you have an experience? I want to answer that question. And I think you had something else before that that I can feel. I want to go back and answer if we remember. Oh, if I yeah. remember. There's so something. religion as spirituality as the base, is that the one that you were talking about? No, no, darn. Something that I didn't say. No, it's something you just oh, said that I before just said. I answered that longer piece. Mm. Oh, it was so good. There was something on there. I'm like, I know. I was like, are you intuiting my question? Like, I was like, <laughs> no, I was like, ooh, are we? I was like, are we speaking energetically? <laughs> I know, right? Mm. Well, let's see if it comes back. Yeah, then. but I connected at eight, age eight. I was eight. I was like looking around my family. And this is to me is how I describe the first level of ancestral healing of the awareness of being like, wait a minute, my mom is doing the same thing that my grandma's doing. They keep having the same fight. My mom and my stepdad keep having the same fight. Why is this? When I look at other families, they're not like this or they are like this. What are these similarities and differences that I'm aligned with and I want to hold on to and I don't? So again, we were we were just chatting before we got started. I was born in 87. I'm 33. Like Lisa Frank was my shit. Yes. <laughs> I missed so, My so. eyeballs are like burning from looking at all like the neon fucking <laughs> everything. We were tripping yes. out. We were Lisa literally Frank. psychedelic as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, we had no idea that's what we were doing. I love yeah. so true. <laughs> 
It's like fuchsia everything. Right? Fuchsia I didn't even get everything. I think they had like neon. What was it? Orange and like green and blue. I didn't find everything. It's about the pink. Did you guys um ever do lip smackers? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I was talking to my dad. I'm like, remember <laughs> I took, dragged you to the drugstore and was like, I want my lips to be like wet. I'd I know like, my dad always got freaked out. He's like, why are your lips wet? I was like drooling on myself. <laughs> and it was like the stackables of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was like, this flavors Diet Coke. And you're like, why would you want your <laughs> lips to be Dr. Pepper? Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yeah. So I use my Lisa Frank journal not to talk about my little cute boyfriends in school and all these things. I was interested in documenting my family's dynamics and issues and and like wow. traumas and arguments and stuff. So it was my secret place to put them. And I, that little plastic ass lock that took, kept no fucking no secrets. Out. My mom makes like the same key for every single one of those, but she would read them. And I remember once we got, yeah, talk about like, yeah, no, no privacy, no like respect on that whatsoever, which is another conversation for another mm-hmm. time. But, or maybe we will get to that. Who knows? Yeah. But um, yeah, I used to write and keep notes because in my mind, I remember saying, I don't want to be this way when I become an adult. So I got to keep very, like very detailed notes so I don't repeat this pattern. And so as I went on, I was like, wait a minute here. Being the inquisitive kid that I was, and I was always you know, in the library and talking to adults and adult conversations all the time, people would say, Ash, you're 12, but you're like always in 24-year-old conversations. So I would hang around the adults and mm-hmm. offer my two cents or see insights. And um, that was just there right then. Now, knowing that it was ancestors, I knew, but I didn't know. Like I would talk to spirits. I would have, you know, people would say night terrors, but the spirits, the ancestors would come in and grab me or tell me someone was going to pass. Like I knew when my grand uncle was going to be passing before he actually did. So when we got the phone call, um, I was like, yeah, I could tell. I could see it in Christmas and and a spirit, you know, someone came and told me in my sleep and my mom was very upset, but she was like, why are you not? And I was very close to him. Like he was more like a father figure um, for me. So there were just these things that would happen along my life that would just keep popping up to remind me of who I am and what I carried. And I just started like tying them together over time. You know, I did go through a psychedelic time. You know, I was like doing mushrooms, I was doing ayahuasca, mm-hmm. you know, I was doing all these different things. I had to stop smoking weed because let me tell you something, yeah. there was zero filters. There was just like spirits everywhere. And like uh, that intuit thing was happening. I would be with friends and they're like, I would, I would be like, why'd you say that? And they're like, I didn't say it, but I definitely was thinking that. And I was like, all right, I got to stop. I can't. <laughs> And everyone's going to think I'm nuts. And I'm like, am I tweaking? Yeah, literally. <laughs> They're like, we're trying to watch Pineapple Express. Can you just like chill out? <laughs> I wish. That's what we were watching. was like, God. No, we were a little wild. We yeah. were definitely wild. But yeah, the gifts just started coming in more and the medicines would happen and the teachers would come. And I just would have this thread of like, I want to break a cycle. I want to see people happy. And if it happens, if it happens, has to. There we go. Hmm. What is that? Who was trying to say that? <laughs> if it if it can come through me, then I'm a yes. I've always felt that that was my reason for being in my family. Wow. Yeah, the it's funny with the journal thing too, because I think everyone had that experience where everyone was looking at their journal. How rude. That's so rude. We should have our own space. Yes. Um yeah. with the ancestral, and I'm curious of your thoughts on this. It's so interesting because I feel like I'm so resistant to connect with my ancestors, not because I don't love them, but because I feel like as a white woman, I feel like what, it's not my place or right. And I feel confused because I'm like, I don't know if I, like, what are my ancestors? You know what I mean? I'm like, what are they? What have they done? And what, 
it just feels like when I see women in the black community, I'm like, there's ancestral healing. And then there's like a community of people that connect with their ancestors. And it feels like such a beautiful cultural thing. And I feel like I'm stepping on cult, like a cultural movement when I'm doing it. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like, is there shame around ancestors? Like, what is that? Okay, first, let me let me just make a joke. <laughs> let's dead that right now. <laughs> I'm so corny. But yeah, let's dead that because um, all of us, and every time you say all in this political climate, everyone's like, oh, fuck, Black Lives Matter. And it's true, Black Lives do matter. And we're all human. And so being able to navigate the nuance of what's got us to where we are right now and being able to hold the two is where we find healing and connection and breakthrough and so, so many potentials in that space. So I really want to caveat that and go deeper into this conversation. All of us have ancestors. All of us have indigenous practices and culture before white was white and black was black and you were brown or you of color or not, right? All of us have ancestors. All of us have rituals that were rites of passage that were helping souls cross over into the other realm to honor their lives, to make sure that they were resting. We say rest in peace all the time and awake is for a reason. It was going to be like, are you really dead? Or are you going to wake the fuck up? Like, I just need to know mm-hmm. before we move forward, right? And so um, if we take the time, which is really hard and history and the patriarchy and all types of things will tell us that we don't have access to things, but we do with a little bit of research and with a lot of spirit work as well. I'll talk about that in a moment. We can start to reclaim and really find our roots. It's not just a black person or a person of color or a native person. White people have very robust histories, right? Mm-hmm. And it's one of my favorite things to get into because it's it's powerful stuff. So yes, I think the I know the black community has done a fantastic job of staying connected to something that keeps us, yeah, connected to our folks and rooted to lands and times before. And maybe that's because we have a certain number of years, 400, 500 years, particularly as Americans, of being enslaved and being in this country. So it's less time of remembering where you came from, as opposed to being white. It's like, well, I don't know, we we moved here and then we moved here and then we were in England and then we did this. Mm -hmm. And then it's less of like a linear, like, tracking back of the data and the time or the facts, unless you sit down and do it, which there's a couple great shows. One is called, um, Who Do You Think You Are? I think Mm -hmm. it's on TLC and it traced back celebrities, their their lineage and genealogy. And a lot of folks were like, yeah, I'm just white. You know, I don't know. Hillary Duff was one of those. My dad says. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, got into it and was like, oh, we actually were this, this, and that. And we come from a lineage of this. And this is what he did. And this was really noble. At the the same time, it contributed to colonizing. So one, white folks, you do have history. Let's get into that, which I'm happy to. Let's talk about it. Two, a lot of folks do, regardless of your race or your economic background or your gender or your sex, are resistant to connecting directly with ancestors simply because they are afraid of what am I going to find? And it'll bring more shame or more guilt. The thing is, anything that we don't address is controlling us unconsciously. And if we're saying we really want the freedom, regardless if you're white or you're black, then we're going to have to get into the harm and the trauma. We can't do healing or forward movement and love and all these things that we want to without facing the fears or the demons. And they're not yours, but they become yours or they become ours when we allow them to run our lives unconsciously. Mm. Love that. 
would love to get into just kind of this white perspective of this disconnection from our ancestors and just feeling like we can't more as readily connect with them. I I had a thought earlier today where, and this is a gross generalization, but just my observation and partly experience where I'm like, I want to, there's not as much honoring of the ancestors mm-hmm. as there is kind of taking what they experience and being like, I want to do better and, or just like build a, a, a better life. And I'm curious if you've like observed that and, and why that is, because mm-hmm. I, I do, I do find it so beautiful, like this mm-hmm. honoring, this calling in, this healing of our ancestors, their trauma, the, you know, trauma in the lineage. And I just don't find it to be as prevalent in, mm-hmm. in the white culture. Yeah. And the white culture. culture. <laughs> that is that's where I'm from. <laughs> In my white culture. Dude, that, that was so good. No, that was great. That was great. I loved it. I was like, huh, in the white culture. And the black, because think about it. We're like, the, the black culture. It's like, yeah. the black culture. Yes. Like, the white culture. Yeah, literally. You're like, in white My culture. butthole was so tight when yeah. I said that early. Uh, you're like, in the white bill. <laughs> was it Pleasantville? Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, let's stop. Let's stop. <laughs> I love that because I'm going to be honest with you. I was listening to the episodes and y'all were talking about boob, boob, boob meat and like boob muscles. And yeah. I was like, let me tell you something. Hold on. I put on Which episode did you listen to? Uh, honestly, Jesus. Jesus. was it was the it beginning? Yeah, no, literally. So many of the episodes. I love you. Were, I love it was it. so funny. I was like, oh, I'm going to love this. We're going to have a moment. So we've got some butt clenching. <laughs> we've got some Whiteville. It's great. We get into all the things. So um, let me come back to the question now. What was the question? <laughs> So why are we disconnected from oh, yes. our ancestors as white people? Mm. Funny thing is, I wrote the notes down. Okay, getting back on track here. Mm. Better isn't healing. And as Americans particularly, or Westerners, we're like, oh, I've got the car. I've got the marriage. I've got the lifestyle. I've got the business. I've got the education. I've got the friends. I've got the home. I've got the mini rebirths or whatever it might be. And we're like, oh, well, that's better because my people were struggling on a farm or they didn't have an education or there's many divorces or I've done something different and I'm proud of that. So therefore, it's forward movement. So therefore, it's healing. And that's not true. It's just not true because time and time again, we know that there's an emptiness. There's a disconnect. There is a suicide and depression and all types of illnesses, right? That are the evidence that there is a deep disconnection in our spirits and in our souls and also our minds. And so I think white culture really celebrates innovation, forward movement without getting into the root and remembering. I think that is trauma mm-hmm. as a way of coping and moving forward. And so Brace yourselves, listeners, when folks talk about white privilege and white fragility, I'm like, yes, those are a thing. And we're missing the opportunity for the healing. Anyone and their spirits and their ancestors at the root and the core of who they've been for so long. We're talking about at least 2,000 years, right? Being shaken up and having to shift. Fuck, I get upset when I can't even buy like the regular almond milk I like, you know? (laughs) Just to bring a little light to it. But like... We can't make simple decisions around simple decisions. I'm doing air quotes, y'all. Around changing a career or going after a job we want. How much more shocking is it to say, oh, the way that I've been living or how I've been relating is damaging to ourselves and to other people and to the earth, you know? 
So doing better isn't always healing, but getting into the healing, getting beyond the psychology and into the spirit of why, I often have said, and I probably should trademark this, (laughs) our reoccurring, our most reoccurring trauma, the deepest trauma we have as humans, regardless of your race, is surviving. That primal, I will eat you because you'll eat me. I will destroy the earth because today matters. You versus me. I'm going to leave this oppression to forge the lands and come over here and do this, but I'm going to oppress someone else. Like I experienced that as a black woman. Here I am living in Indonesia, running an amazing business. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Oh, fuck. I'm being a modern day colonizer. I'm doing the exact same thing that I'm saying I want to see healed from in America. But, oh, I'm paying them a great wage. It's not like it's enslavement. But the energy in which I was carrying is the exact same wounds that's been on American soil. So I think uh, while we're talking about white culture, there is a deep need to, and we see this around social media a little bit, like, oh, white people need to do their healing. I think white people need to do not just the healing, but like the reclamation. And when you say that, I mean, all the white nationalists are like, yeah. <laughs> Clip that shit. They're like, yeah. <laughs> Black woman's doing what we said. It's like a Chappelle episode. Like, white power. Like, it's like, <laughs> right? But I'm like, y'all were people before all of this. Like, I recently had a beautiful session mm-hmm. with the ancestors and a client, and I have permission to share this, like, the right? The cliff notes, the high point. And it was the wound around, if I'm in my power, she's a white woman, if I'm in my power, it will harm others. There cannot be harmony if I'm in my power. Big facts. Wow. But there was a time, and the ancestors showed her, where there was harmony and power. There was diplomacy. There was strategy. There was, if y'all survive, we can survive. So when we reclaim and we go back directly to the ancestors and we clear the original wound, and then... We take that and add it to innovate forward. Now we're doing some fucking shit. It's more than just the awareness and the psychology. We're shifting the energy that imprints on a deep spiritual level and literally molecularly. But there are spirits around us. Sometimes ancestral healing is focused on, again, the thinking, the psychology, or the science of the, of the bones and the DNA, but the actual spirit of your ancestors. Mm. They influence us. Yeah. What is... um. I remember, what, what is it? What do they say? And I remember they said in ayahuasca, it was like, when you do ayahuasca, you heal seven generations back and seven generations forward or something. Do you feel like in your sessions, you're seeing, is there a limit to the generational healing? Okay. Oh, sometimes we're asking ancestors, we're like, how many generations are we? And they're like, listen, you don't even need to count. Or they'll be like 13 or they're like 27 or just call me this. Or I'm now been so elevated and I'm so old and I'm so reconnected to the consciousness that I am just consciousness. But I remember being human so I can give that advice or that wisdom and I have the power and the rest without the connection to humanity as far as being caught up in all of the isms and the things that we're dealing with to now step in and deal with this because I didn't know this happened in our lineage because we haven't called on them in a while. Mm-hmm. So I was, uh, I, I was on, on ayahuasca once and, and uh, that was when, hmm, that's another way. I could have answered that question in that way too. This is, there's some more information coming. Mm-hmm. Hold on one more moment. I experienced 
the ancestors coming to me or my ancestors coming to me on my maternal line, my mother's mother's line. And it was like the Russian dolls, like the bloop, 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 bloop. And it was also like the 80s design of the, um, remember how everything had that neon like, mm-hmm. yes. Like, like, what was that show? Star, Star Search. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yes. Right? Wow. That's how they came. And they talked about the trust and that they gave me the exact prescriptions that I needed. It didn't do the healing. So this is, to me, in my opinion, another misconception around healing and spirit work. We think that the ayahuasca ceremony or the reading or the the moment is the healing. The healing is when you carry it out and you start living it Mm -hmm. and you do the prescription and you have to start making moment to moment choices consciously to align with what the, the, the download was. And so we go from ayahuasca ceremony, ayahuasca ceremony, or medicine to medicine, going for the high or the dopamine hit or like the connection of spirit, but never live it out. So they did come to me and they did show themselves. I would say it was probably make eight or nine generations. And they gave me the prescription of this is what we have continually suffered from for all these generations. You are the one who's going to break it. You can't do it alone. That's too much work. It's too overwhelming. Hands down right? I, I want to be able to have a good meal, have some great sex and go on some trips. I can't always be dealing with all this shit. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. You're dealing with bitterness and anger and disappointment and all types of things. And so um, I believe that it's true that the medicines can give you the antidote or not even the antidote. Yeah, I can say that. The antidote or at least a really good clue to guide you on your journey of ancestral healing and ancestral connection. I don't actually believe in that phrase of you can heal forwards and backwards. That, um, if I believe, is, is a native you know, term, a terminology and way of thinking, simply because they have more rituals and things intact that haven't been as you know, broken or distorted. So when you do take action, you do have the power to do that because there's more of a connective energy flowing between the lineages and the spirit. But a lot of us are in fragmented lineages. Right. And so to think that I've got a degree, this is the, the example I use often. If I get my degree, now my mother's instantly smarter. It doesn't work like that. She can enjoy some of the, you know, benefits of me now being an educated woman and doing the things that I do and having the business and traveling or whatever, but she doesn't carry what I carry. It doesn't work that way. And mm-hmm. also there's sovereignty. Spirits, ancestors, we all have a choice. And just because you now are friends with black people or you now have wealth that we never had as a black person or a person of color, doesn't mean the ancestors are like, oh yeah, love the money. love that new friend you've got, you know? And that's what we're seeing. You know, one of my first sessions, I'll leave this last piece before we go into another thing. But I remember one of my first sessions where it really clicked that I was dealing with other layers because um, I wasn't channeling on purpose. You know, so there was sometimes I knew I was channeling. There was times where I was like, there's other stuff going on in here. And the woman was saying, I'm feeling, I get it. I really want to do this. But the ancestors were like, fuck that. Do you know what we had to do in order for you to have, be where you are right now? And you want us to give that up or apologize? Get the fuck out of here. Stay quiet. Stay in this role. Enjoy this life. Shut the fuck up. And she was in this stuck space because of it. And I don't care all of the mindset work we do, all of the, and I love me some good therapy, let me tell you, right? Mm -hmm. The retreats and all these things can't get to that. They can't get you directly to spirit in that way or to the spirits, I should say. Really quick. So for that example with that woman where the ancestors were like, chill, that was subconsciously holding her back? 
Yeah. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's something I've wondered too is sometimes, and I just posted about this yesterday, but with dealing with ancestors is, this is my perception, is that sometimes when we're going not directly to source, it can get a little funky. Totally. And so I always want to be mindful and caution people that we must do ego work first before doing any connection to anything else outside of ourselves, unless we're going directly to source. Because it just, you know, you're having ancestors that are saying stuff like that, or you're having, you know, I've had my, I've connected with my grandma, for example, my mom's mom. And she said some stuff and I'm like, it's not dark, but I'm just like, that's not really my vibe. Yep. You know, so it's just being discerning. So can you talk a little bit about that? Hands down, you know, sometimes folks come to me and I'm like, you got to go and do other work first. You need some therapy. You need some coaching. You need some personal development. Do some journaling and like see yourself first because you do. You'll get in there and you'll be like, okay, well, the answer just said so and I'll just follow what they did. And we're just giving away our power. They had their life and their time. It's your time to make your mark. They can be an asset and a resource if they are healed, elevated, and well. And when you say healed, elevated, and wealth, people think like, my ancestors were angels. Ah, you know, like, well, if they're such angels, why the fuck am I dealing with the stuff that I'm dealing with, you know? And I have to break that down. Not all ancestors are ancestors. They're dead people that you shared blood with, mm. you know? They can still be holding bitterness. They could still be, you know, murderers or liars or have an issue with addictions and whatever else. Be depressed because they never filled their dreams you know, or had failed marriages or failed um, pregnancies because of the time that they were in or the depression that they were in or the voyage they had to go on. Like all these things create trauma imprints in the body and then in soul, right? And so when they've rested long enough, they had rituals to support them. They were prayed for, they were honored. They left enough impact. They said prayers before they crossed over. They spoke their peace. That's the thing. You know, you see in all these movies and then, you know, even in, our lives today where they're like, my father's going to die. I need to be by his side so, bedside so he can say what he needs to say mm. so we can transition, right? That's again, going through the motions, but not really understanding the spiritual connection to it so that they can rest and they can be well ancestors. Um, and you can trust them to mm. call on them. And there's a difference between healing, doing ancestral healing yourself and realizing your patterns are ancestral traumas or beliefs or even blessings. Let's not forget about the good stuff. And then healing your ancestors. Difference, major difference. And healing them, you can't heal them unless you work with them directly. That's different from having a medium channel a message from you for you or understanding a pattern through, again, the other modalities. There's also one more piece. So discerning who is an ancestor and not is necessary. So doing your personal work and trusting yourself. Sometimes I spend a good moment of my time with folks, just allowing them to and taking them through a process of trusting that they have a connection to spirit, period. They have intuition, period. Then you can discern when you get into the spiritual realm. But if you skip that or you don't trust yourself and you're doing all the, you know, clapping around, as we do, no judgments, right? Um, You're missing a a major part of your own personal growth before you take it to the next level. And that's what I think this kind of ancestral healing is. Another piece is folks come into ancestral connection and healing wanting to, to your point, connect directly to someone that they knew or who comes to them. It's a grandma. You know, it's my twin that died in the womb. It's my, you know, my father or someone that's close by. And I get that because of our 
human connections and our emotions and things like that, right? But when we connect to ancestors who are well, who are older, we didn't even know their names, you know, they come to us because we're saying, I want to do healing. I want to shift the energy of the lineage. I want to step into power and cultural change and social movement or whatever else you might be desiring in your life and in the world. I work in, I ask people to at least what they want to work with me to be like that. Do The both is important. Different kinds of ancestors will step forward because they have things that's been forgotten where ancestors who are, or dead ones who are more recent are carrying the same energy that you already know. So yeah, thanks for asking that again. So I just want to clarify the ancestors who perhaps still have, whether it's resentment and or just kind of that like not as elevated energy and correct me on that. Are we helping to heal them and the ancestors that come forward that have been honored and assisted in their passing and just since passing continued to be um, honored? Are those for guidance? Yeah, let me take a moment to just honor my teachers and elders and the folks who have initiated and trained me into this modality. You know, I've worked with folks all over the world. And even most recently, this this uh, particular method I'm going to be sharing with you has been most organized by the wonderful Dr. Daniel Four, And he has a great book called Ancestral Medicine. So I want to give a resource to the community um, as a good, a really good starting point, if you really want to understand this. And then there's also Maladoma Somme, there's Liv Wheeler, uh, there's Pak Bagus, who I worked with in, um, as a Balinese priest, and many others, including my own Black and African elders and ancestors that, yeah, I've been, that have been with me. So I just want to name that for a moment. Plus my own magic, because, you know, <laughs> that's good. That's good. So <laughs> you're connecting with older ancestors because they have, I wouldn't even say that they are, yes, they're elevated in position, if you will. But it's what we're really saying is, has your energy rested and reconnected or reintegrated with the great cosmos so you have wisdom and discernment? The same triggers and traumas are not lit up in their energy field. Right. So we're trusting them and they have a series of questions and the ways to test that, right? And for them to prove it so that you know that you can work with them. And then we're asking them to step in and hold the healing for all of the ancestors around a particular wound that either you know of or they've told you is reoccurring in the line and to gather all of those ancestors up to do that healing, to shift them. And they have a choice. Sometimes, you know, you open up a healing chamber and they're like, fuck that. And then you're talking to them and you're like, well, this is the reason why. And they're like, oh, you know, I guess I guess I can let this go. You know, that sounds good. I'll be the only one outside of the circle where all of these others are getting the rest and they're getting the elevation. They're getting the new energy, right? So this older ancestor is the one who has the power and the understanding and the wisdom to do that. Otherwise, there are many rituals that you can find or make up your own if you have that kind of connection of doing the individual one-by-one elevation by ancestors. It'll take you a long-ass time, a couple lifetimes. Good luck with that. (laughs) You know, there are certain things in a couple of my lineages that I did want to change, particularly or elevate or heal, if you will, um, around mental illness and suicide and depression. And uh, it was a lot of work and it was really draining me. Mm. There's some people who will let spirits come and possess them, right? Ask them what they need, give them what they need, 
let them rest and then release them. And now they can cycle pump work. That's what it's called. And they can transition now and rest because they got what they needed. But can you imagine a death energy and depression or whatever might be coming into your energy body and you having to do that work and light the candle and stay up? Like that's a whole nother level of work that most people, it's very unsafe too, are not, Mm -hmm. right? It's like pretty, it's pretty gnarly stuff. Yeah. So, you know, once that healing happens and you have the older ancestor doing that work and you're witnessing it and you're receiving blessings from the mother holding it, that's why this is a system. This is a, we're in relationship with spirit and ancestors in this kind of work. Um, After they're released, then any of those ancestors can come forth. So afterwards, you now have like a platoon of folks who are like, oh, wait, you want to learn how to grow crops or like understand this like AI thing or whatever it might be. I'm making things up. Um, I have something for you for that. I can come through. It's totally different than you calling on someone. You don't know what state that they're in. Yeah. yeah. It's like seance vibes. <laughs> For, totally. That's it. Like, I don't know what you're conjuring through. I just think about the mental state of someone that would like let an energy in, be in their body until it wanted to leave is interesting. But you know, whatever. If you have the right psychic protection, maybe. Um but what I was going to say was, oh, you're healing around mental health and uh, depression and suicide. Did you connect with your ancestors and see that in your lineage as something that was reoccurring? And did you first notice it in yourself and then went in to them? Okay. Yeah. I noticed it myself. I remember being, I think I was about 13. I think it was junior high school. Shout out to Frost Junior High School in Schaumburg, Illinois. <laughs> Uh, so I was, I was like, hey, I hate myself. Like I literally said this. I was like, why do I hate myself? What is this? This life is not even worth it. No one loves me. Like it's no point. Like I would be having these thoughts and I'm like, but people like me and I do make good grades and like, why am I so unhappy? And, but my grandma would come in and out of the hospital on suicide attempts and, and all kinds of things in this nature. Right. But I did see a reoccurring pattern of how I felt and started asking questions. And was like, I just don't want this to be a thing. Like, I don't want to live my life not wanting to live my life. But it was, it was knowing that that was a reoccurring pattern. It was also me deciding to leave this country for a considerable amount of time for reprieve and a break. And to say, I'm carrying so much weight as a black woman. I just need to get away. I deserve this, especially the role that I played in my family, which hint, hint, you know, any personal development coach, anyone, any book is going to say, change your environment as much as you can. And that will shift some energy for you on your journey, right? So for me, it took me going to the other side of the world and being like, the time difference is so different that you still can't reach me. You know, I need that big of a break. And during that time, uh, my Grammy did transition, which I knew was happening. And she came and told me we ended up picking the same bedroom color and painting our rooms, which in hoodoo culture and black culture, this particular blue represents transition Mm -hmm. for spirits and protection from spirits. Um, so I was like, what is up with this turquoise? Like I'm more of like a nude with like bowl. Like, why do I want this fucking color? Like, what is this? And it was because she was getting ready to go. So in that moment, you know, the family says, and we've had this conversation, so I can say this, they would say, oh, she passed in her sleep, which is what she did say she, how she wanted to die. And she died the way she wanted to. And I say she died the way she wanted to because she did take pills and died in her sleep, right? It was actual suicide. And so I remember telling her before we, um, before I moved to to Bali, I I was saying as soon as I get there and set you know get settled, I'll be back. 
So you will see me and we'll we'll get into this. I'm now ready to do this directly with you, Grammy. And uh, once I got there, I was like, she's not going to wait. So I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do this work physically with her and the ancestors. I was going to have to do it spiritually, energetically with her and the ancestors. And that's what got me into that part of of the healing in my actual lineage. Mm -hmm. The core wound there, and this is my maternal mother's mother's line, which I recently found out through Ancestry.com that they are, we are the Mende and Limba people from Sierra Leone in West Africa. Cool. Mm. Yeah. There's also Dutch, English, Welsh, um, some Native American in there and German. And when I got into it, the wound on this mother's mother's line was literally feeling that no matter what you did, you will always be oppressed. So what's the point? that your dreams would never come to reality because you are ripped from your homeland. And so I've noticed a reoccurring or like main wounds, if you will, it doesn't matter what you come from or where you are. It's like being away from your original lands, whether that's through immigration or enslavement, right? Having to be quiet and not speak your truth, what that does. Losing a child or someone dear without being able to say goodbye. Mm. Like those are like the three main things that I see always coming up, regardless to who someone's is or who their what their background is, I should say. Yeah. Is there have you revisited the land that No, not yet. Really, not yet. Is there I a significance and or yeah. Yeah, a deeper healing to be done when you revisit land? Absolutely. I um I often tell people that the DNA work is great. Therapy work is awesome that gets you to realizing these different um, ancestral patterns or wounds that you're holding. Going to the lands, researching and eating the foods, listening to the songs or the music, art and artifacts, if you can hold them, they all carry an energetic vibration so you can connect, right? Learning any dances, learning the language, like things that bring you into the energy lifestyle of your people is a, a great entry-level place of doing ancestral healing and reconnection and remembering and uh, reclaiming, yeah. So what would you say the first step for folks would be on doing this work? Yeah. First, go on your own personal development. Trust yourself. Remember who you are. Reclaim what your child, your inner child and what you want it to do um, as a kid or the things that lit up your spirit because you need that in order to be fortified and stable in yourself. And that's a journey. I'm saying it very simply, but that is a journey. Like I spent 2011, I mean, like consciously, it started before then because college was really when I was like, mm, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> can't take Where'd you go to school? I went to Murray State in Kentucky. Cool. Yeah. They call it a public Ivy League. What the fuck? Now, is that? Same with Miami. I went to Miami of Ohio, and, and my mom would be like, "You know, it's a public Ivy." I'm like yeah. that doesn't exist. Like, doesn't mean anything. That's literally like, made that's up. Just like, yeah, literally. Yeah. It's like so silly, but I went. <laughs> Shout out Kentucky, right? Thoroughbreds, racers. Yeah, there we go. That's what it was. Anyway, so yeah, there came a time where I was like, I just need to get into this, and. Yeah, you need to do that work for sure. Whether you're reading the books, whether you're downloading the courses, whatever you can do to connect to yourself. And then there gets a point. Um, I'm certified in a modality called psychosynthesis, psychospiritual coaching by this dude named Robert Osticholi. Cool. (laughs) There's a lot of books on it, um, but they talk about activating your will to get you to take action, right? Like what mm-hmm. is blocking your will? So it's essentially, he believed that we develop these different personalities, these sub-personalities as coping mechanisms 
of whatever that was happening in your life. So I have a bossy one, I have a research one, I have a sassy one, I have a sex goddess one, I have a bunch of different personalities, right? We all do. And not from a schizophrenic perspective, <laughs> that's like a whole nother level, right? But um, we develop these different you know, personalities to cope with our lives and to operate. Um, and sometimes they can take over what your actual spirit wants, like your higher self, the core you. And so this modality helps you to connect with those parts of yourself so that you can align your will, give them what they need so that your inner child, your higher self can now take action, right? Instead of rejecting these parts, you're working with all of yourselves, right? Mm -hmm. It's pretty, a lot of coaches use this, whether they know it's him or not. What I've come to realize is that there is a line between an actual personality you developed and a spirit, whether that's an entity or whether it's an ancestor. And that tends to be the door. So if you do this personal development and you start to reclaim yourself and trust yourself and see how you move and how you, you know, whatever you need to do, then you're like, huh, I do that. And still, that's when I know. They're like, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, and I feel this, and I've seen these, you know, these shifts in my life, but still. And I'm like, yeah, you're ready. Let's go deeper. When you get into the and still, that's where you unlock the door with the ancestors and you start seeing that personality trait that is an actual ancestor entity. And it's shared with you and maybe your mom and your aunt and so on, so on, so on, so on, so on. Now we get into the actual core wound. Mm. So start with your own basic personality work, like don't, or personal development work. You can't skip that step. You can do it in tandem, but it takes a lot of, you know, care and, and, Agility, like stretch the shit. (laughs) 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 So um, that's that. Next, I would say, you know, be curious about your people. Don't be afraid to see like the good and the bad of them. We all have it. We really do. And they have done some fucked up things and some awesome things. And even their awesome, awesome things, awesome. So weird. I was just thinking about him like <laughs> earlier today. Yeah. So um, yeah, like once you get up in there, don't be afraid. It's all right. Like we all have some things we're going to be ashamed of. That doesn't mean that it's you. It's you when you don't want to look at it. And it's run, again, it's, it's con- unconsciously mm-hmm. running in your life, right? So um Give yourself the support that you need to get into the family tree work, like find the names, travel to the land, do the research on the food, ask the difficult questions from the family members, particularly old people. Like once they get old, they're like your grandma when she's like hitting that 70s, 80s, give them a good scotch, a little wine, whatever their thing is. And, um, you know, stroke their ego a little bit because they don't talk about the secrets. Mm -hmm. They don't. I don't care Mm -hmm. what color you are. Old people are like, leave that in the past. And that's the problem. We're trying to put put a you know put deodorant or you know perfume and not take a shower. Mm-hmm. It's like the analogy that I use. Mm-hmm. We're like we don't want to do that. So get them jujued up, and um, then ask them a little questions about their life, and be like, you know, you're getting older, and I want to know some things. I want to be able to say some things for my kids or whoever you know, whatever it might be that helps them be like, okay, I want to open up and share, and take some notes or film it, and use that to fuel your desire to connect and do the healing and start making some real, you know, conscious, critical connections about who you are and how you operate and how that affects the world around you or maybe holds you back or propels you forward. And Mm. yeah. Yeah, I was with my grandpa who's 97 this week in Florida. And that was one of the reasons why I came was um, because every time I see him, he's like, you're never going to see me again. I'm going to be dead. <laughs> like every time. I'm Thanks, like, Grandpa, grandpa. <laughs> please relax. He's like, this will be the last time. Better 
make it good. But he was, it's funny because each time he does express way more. Yes. And like my dad mm. even learns. Cause I, of course I'm like interviewing him. I'm like, tell me everything. And my dad's like, oh, I didn't even know so much of this stuff. And it does help me a lot, you mm. know, with, cause I learned that, um, my lovely grandmother, his wife had like a really bad eating disorder. So it was just like something that they kind of lived with, something that was like undercover. And I was like, oh, wow, that's sort of where part of that comes in for me, you know, that sort of awareness of body as other. And it's just fascinating. And I also really have to make myself do this even with my own parents. Because, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, your parents are like, whatever, yep. dude. Like, yep. Yep. especially me. It's like, I'm just like, anyways. And I actually don't know that much about them, to be honest. I, I know as much as I can consciously, but I don't know much about their history. I don't know much about them growing up. And so I think it's very helpful to kind of like make those connections with both of our parents yeah. as well. Yes. Yeah. There's a, a process of like harmonizing the lines because you've got four main bloodlines, right? At least. And if you're adopted or, you know, I was a stepkid, so I have an additional line that I was like, got to work on that too because y'all influence me and your energies mm-hmm. are all over and you claim me, he claimed me. So, you know, another conversation for another time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, once you start asking those questions, I mean, it honestly puts us in this super sleuth, like a science researching, like connecting these dots and having these hypotheses and testing them out. Like, oh, no wonder you didn't pursue your career. Everyone's a banker and in money and business because of this wound that we lost mm-hmm. all of our riches if we go back in time. And sometimes these ancestors come through and they tell you these stories that you're like, holy baloney, Batman. Like, no kidding. I, I will tell you a, a true story about myself. <laughs> I one time went in, Lord, it's embarrassing, but this is so good. I was, um, I was judging my ancestors. I was like, why have y'all been so short-sighted? Yeah, I was like, I feel like I shouldn't be doing all of this work in my lifetime. I mean, obviously they're doing the healing work with me, but mm-hmm. you know, why haven't we gotten here before? We could have been four generations college educated. Like I have, I want answers, damn it. You know, and they mm-hmm. were like, bitch, <laughs> let me tell you who we are. Don't, you know, and they, they presented themselves in a way where one of my father ancestors showed up in this, um, you know, that you're from the Midwest, so you're definitely going to know this, like that, that's, uh, mechanics button up like gray blue you know like dirty like showed up like that and I was like exactly these blue collar we've been blue collar workers for too long I mean obviously history right Mm -hmm. and he was like let me show you who we really are and he unzipped himself and Mm -hmm. I was blown away he's like let me tell you who we were before this don't ever fucking forget it and here's the thing and so after I picked my face up off the ground. Yeah, what did he unzip himself to reveal? Oh my God. Like an avatar? Like, <laughs> no, it could be like another <laughs> like king, like an alien. A joke, but yeah, he was yeah. so king-like. He was yes. sparkly. It was white, beautiful yes. arms and robes. And I was like, holy mm. shit. Like leaning back being like, I am so humbled and I am mm-hmm. so sorry. And if now I remember who I come from, I need to move differently. We get so caught up in capitalism and like all of these things of like anti this and anti that, that we forget the fibers of what we carry. No wonder everywhere I go somewhere, I'm like, oh, that looks nice. And it's always the most expensive ass thing. Like it's in my DNA, it's in my spirits Mm. around me, you know? So we can say these things, like you see the memes all the time, like hold your head up queen and we're kings and queens and we were priests and priestesses and all these things. But when you really see it and they show you who you are and you choose how you want to integrate that in your actual day-to-day life, it changes everything. Mm really does. Yeah. But I got my ass handed to me. <laughs> it's so, po- it's so powerful. Cause I, I do feel like, yeah, our parents, our grandparents, there is kind of this contracting of 
either their experience with their parents and grandparents. And there's not this kind of like pride, at least in my experience, to where they came from. I interviewed, just speaking on interviewing your parents, I interviewed my dad. I had this like, I still do. I want to like write a short film about my dad losing his dad and then becoming a dad. And it was, I literally felt like these knots were just like gently being untied and we were like able to kind of breathe together again. Cause I always felt like because he was like holding that and not expressing it, that we weren't able to connect. So I think like it definitely helped with the connection. But one of the big themes from that conversation was fear of death his whole mm-hmm. life. And I feel like the, this, this fear of death that people have, and again, yeah. another generalization, but might stop people from doing this type of work. Yeah. Do you agree? Totally. I mean, if we look totally. at this, sorry, this year is like fear of death Bill USA. Like, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? If we look at what are we actually scared of, it's dying yes. because yes. we have such an unhealthy relationship with death, a part of times because of religion. Because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. dude, Ohio, billboards, hell is real. Yeah. Hell mm-hmm. is hell is here. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's, I think if we healed our relationship with death, yeah. we would fucking... I, it would be the best thing. Yes. Y- y'all are, oh my God. I'm so uh, just heart, heart. Yes, yes. Because it's true. This work brings you, I, I say it requires courage and compassion. You've got to have the two of them. And if you don't have it, you get it. I, as I said, I'm from, I was raised in Chicago. And so I went to school in Kentucky. And as you're driving down, what is that? 65, you cross. 75. Seven, no, no, no. Right in Kentucky? No, but it's it's far west. Okay. West, west. Maybe it's like, 65, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 65. And so when you get through, you pass this town called Effingham. Mm-hmm. And it has this big ass white cross. Like it's mm-hmm. huge. Like a, it's huge. And I was like, ah! like I wow. felt like my religious background around like demons and spirits and all these things and death and it being the end of times. But science is showing us consciousness continues. And so going back to the beginning of this conversation around reclaiming all of our old indigenous ways, we had rituals to honor and to connect with death. It's necessary. Every woman that I've interviewed or talked to or been in relationship with who is a mother, they're like, I died when I gave birth. Mm-hmm. I am a totally different person. I thought mm. I came eye to eye with death and I didn't know what it was going to be like on the other end. It is a requirement to die to birth, to become anew. And so when you get into relationship with ancestors, it changes your relationship to death completely. Like I am no longer, I mean, I cry when people, I'm like, oh man, I'm sad I won't physically be with you anymore, but I know I can talk to you spiritually. That's cool. Let's get into this stuff Mm -hmm. on the other side now. You know, sometimes I've had people say they can never have these conversations with their parents or their grandparents, but then once they transition... Mm -hmm. Now they're having a totally different relationship with them in addition with the older mm-hmm. ancestors. So and my mom even said, she's like, Ash, your, your relationship, like you don't, we had a family member just pass recently, literally two weeks ago, not from COVID, but from um, a stroke. And so they kept thinking he was going to come out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, no, he's done. It's okay. Let's let, let I mean, y'all go through your grieving. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to take that away from someone or say that their natural human um, response to death is not going to be sadness or, you know, grieving. That's an important part of ancestralization, actually. But when you know that there's more after death, then life gets interesting. Mm-hmm. It does. Even in, look at it even in the most 
what's the word I want to use? Like in your just regular, that's the only word I can come up with, regular life. (laughs) When I let go of something and I believe in what's going to come in, sometimes we won't let go until we see what can come in, but we have to let go first. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I would say if you're really afraid of death and you want to transition or change your relationship with it, transform your relationship with it, then connecting with ancestors will do that for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's this amazing spiritual teacher and his name is escaping me. He's Indian. He's like an Indian guru. But he was talking a lot about- I mean, those are a lot of those. I know, honey. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not honoring him by knowing his name, but it was really beautiful. He's talking about, you know, if you believe there's heaven and you believe that you would go to heaven and heaven is so amazing, then why don't you die now? And it's mm. really interesting to think about, you know, if you're- religious or not, and you believe there is an afterlife that could be as amazing as heaven, why would you want to be on earth? Yeah. And it's really like that fear, because even I believe that I'm going to go to a better place, better in quotes, my perception of a better place, wherever that is. But there is like, it's not like I'm scared of death, but there is, why wouldn't I just end my life now? Mm -hmm. And it's such an interesting concept because we do all have... I say that I'm not scared, but there is obviously a fear that we all have because we wouldn't just go mm-hmm. knowing that. And I wonder then with your ancestors, what do you, where, or with, with not yours, but all ancestors, do you believe that there is a, a plane that they all exist on? Yeah, that's how I see it and experience it. There is the ancestral plane. Like when I, I talk a lot about like, actually opening the portals. So we say the prayer, we do the different things and I open up the portals or help you relax enough to fill spirit and then start stepping into the portal. It's kind of how I describe it. So yeah, I feel them on an ancestral plane themselves, but they move in and out of that here. You know, there's all these different theories around us living the same or living multiple lives at the same time in different different places. And so that's how I think it it runs. I don't, you know, I wish I could really know a definitive answer. Be like, let me tell you what is yeah. I mean, I can only share, share how I see it. And it is like, hey, I'm going to cross the ancestral realm. Right, am I allowed to be in here? Mm-hmm. Do you know I'm here? I'm announcing myself. Who am I meeting? Where are you? What was it like when you lived in this world? What was it like when you transitioned in that world? Like sometimes ancestors will show up and they present their world to look like ours just because that's the only way our minds will wrap our heads around it. You've got to be a certain type of clairvoyant um, or spiritualist and have different types of whatever, because I believe we all have gifts, to see the other realms and the rawness of how they really are, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, which I do have a friend who has that ability. I do not. She's like, oh, let me tell you what your old, old, old people look like, like not even blood ancestors, my celestial beings. And they present themselves one way with me, but they completely talk to her in their raw form. And I'm like, I love seeing how y'all talk. Like I'm hearing the vibration is the same, Mm. but they present themselves physically in a different way because Mm. they have lineage. They share another lineage Mm -hmm. together. So we're getting really into the extraterrestrial stuff. I love the spirit. That's just amazing uh, beyond just our our human physicality of what Mm -hmm. else is out there. And uh, sometimes I'm like, show me, just show me a little bit. Just give me something and don't show it to me just for me to have the experience, please allow it to be beneficial to my walk or something that I can bless other people with. And then sure enough, I'll set that intention before I go to bed and then I'll have some type of experience where people talk about astral projecting. projecting. Mm-hmm. 
And then you come back and you're like, oh, damn. Well, there you go. Don't take me that far again. Or <laughs> that was a bit much, you know? But um, yes, there is an ancestral realm. <laughs> mm. I'm taking that in. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to... I'd love to touch on like cosmic ancestry. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And we've talked about it a little bit on the show with various guests, but just how that is influencing who we are, where we are, maybe our purpose. Yeah, I'd love to just like dig in a little bit. Yeah, let's play taste. in there. Yeah. Let's get in that sandbox. I knew my celestials. That's how I like to refer to them, <laughs> celestials, before I actually directly connected with my blood ancestors. Like they came through and hovered. I did a beautiful breathwork experience mm. and they dropped down as like orbs around my head and they just spoke exactly to who I am. They're like, your real name is Andromeda. Mm. We come from, and they talked about that, right? And they said, we all gave you all of our best tools in order for you to come to earth and do this work. You are a healer. You are a change maker. You, you signed up for this shit, which is another reason why I hadn't committed suicide because I was always afraid that I would have to come back because I didn't finish my mission. Mm, I'm, heal that. Fuck that. Totally. I'm doing this Every shit day, this I'm literally like, I'm not coming back. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with this. Okay, I'm done with this. And um, so, yeah, we all have a soul origin. If you've ever done Akashic Records work and they open up and tell you about your past lives and the energetic frequencies and vibrations that you carry and the different tapestries that you agree to do or to work within in this lifetime, it's really phenomenal. Like, the fibers of who we are have always been there. It really has been. We just haven't believed it until we sit down. So, and like give ourselves permission to, and then look at the evidence of it and notice the reoccurring patterns and then like decide to play and so on and so forth. But yeah, my, my uh, celestials are interesting. They're very sparkly. They work with the waters. I came here through the whales. I work with dolphins and whales. Um, What's the significance? I had like a a whale experience. What's the significance of a whale? The way that they show it for me. So I don't know for you, but for me, it's my spaceship. They carry, Mm, they're old and they can move between them. They're huge beings, but they're so tender. Yeah. You know, they move so slowly and they carry old, old wisdoms. Mm. And um, they were like, yeah, we helped you get here. This is what we do. And I had a a lover once who was like, do you know you sound like a whale in your sleep? (laughs) Yeah. Like, well, I like, speak well. Oh, thank you, babe. Yeah, I'll be like, ah, <gasps> you know, no, really? like, yeah, I speak well. I love listening to whale sounds. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, that's interesting. So I, I started listening to whales sometimes at night and I had like uh, whale fossils and things that helped me connect with them. But it was, I would get different readings early on. Like I want to say this was probably around 2007, 2000, somewhere between 2007, 2000. 12, like between that time, I would get different readings and dolphins would ever always mm. come through. Whales would always come through, ma- mainly those two and like water beings and mermaids. And uh, I was like, okay, that makes sense. I'm a triple Pisces, you know? Like I literally were talking, I'm like, this is a Pisces. <laughs> Total Pisces, <laughs> <a> Pisces. right? <laughs> yes. And I, all the things are in there. <laughs> and so it was so 
Crazy to actually make a living. Because I'm a Pisces too, sister. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I was like, this is a water girl. <laughs> totally. Um, and so, yeah, I was in ceremony one time. I did a year-long apprenticeship with other women, all different backgrounds, all holding spiritual medicines. And one of them worked with the whales and she had a possession mm. of the whales. And I was a younger whale and went into possession for the first time ever in like a room full of I mean, we were in ceremony, a room full of people. It was like uh, 13 of us there. Yeah. And as they were talking, we're translating back and forth around my agony of being here and like Mm. being so frustrated and feeling lost and being like, am I safe? And I want to just go to the darkness because I know how to navigate the dark waters, the emotional stuff, the like heavy things. And they're like, yeah, but you need to come up to the light. You need to be able to connect regularly with people on Mm. this plane. And the more that you continue resisting that, you're going to continue suffering, right? And so that's when I actually relaxed. I was like, all right, going down this fucking path then, Mm -hmm. you know? But so the answers are important, but we all have spirits, whether they're angels or they're ascended masters or they're from the stars or you're from your um, Pleiadian or you're from, you know, you're from a Dogen tribe or wherever else you have lineage, not just as humans on this earth, but in other planes is so important to explore. And we haven't even talked about the familiar animals that walk with you. You know, I've got wolf spirits too. Mm-hmm. I guess the whales are animals, but you know what I mean? There's other beings, you know, I rock with the dragons, you know? Mm-hmm. We have a dragon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we have a dragon for almost 30. Yeah. Nice. I have a bear, a bear cub that was, I'm, I was doing some healing work and a bear cub that was helping me with my relationship with my father. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to yeah. LA, baby. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. <laughs> There's a reason why everyone was taking these drugs and doing these things yeah. and they're coming out and going to go do amazing stuff with their life because yeah. it was just tapping us right into the resources that we, we need and that we already walk with. Yeah. Wow. Mm. I wanted to talk about just like the um, your recent email to the newsletter. Your oh. newsletter list. It was so good. I had chills mm-hmm. reading it. Thanks. That's, it was, no, this is listeners. This is brand spanking new. It was mm-hmm. just came out. So good. Can Thank you tell you. us a little bit about it and like the impetus behind it? Oh, you hit me with a curveball there. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Let's drink sips water. Right. <laughs> my Pisces need water. <laughs> If people will see you in a certain way, you might want to be seen in a certain way. And all these yous, by the way, are always me, y'all. <laughs> uh, I like to say that. Um, and uh, I don't always share. I didn't realize how much I don't share what my personal journey is, even though I consider myself to be very transparent and like very real and raw. But there comes a time where I'm like, fuck. I haven't really shared the depth of what I know and how I live and how I work. What would that do and why? And so shout out to my coach because uh, she's a psychologist and a spiritualist and doesn't want to say that she's a spiritualist, but she's so good at what she does. And we've been working together for a little bit now. I don't even know if it's appropriate to say her name, but we'll just keep going for now. She helps me identify this particular wound that wasn't even ancestral anymore. It was actually in my own lived life. And that's, I just want to touch on this for a bit before I go back into what got us to the newsletter. Sometimes people think ancestral healing directly with the ancestors is going to immediately make your life different, but we still have a responsibility to live the difference or be the change in the lived life. And so a lot of coaching and personal development is in the lived life and not getting to the ancestors. Now I've done all the ancestor work and they're like, yeah, we got your back. 
but I still have to deal with my own live life things. And so um, in it, we were unpacking this fear of going into the depths of what I know based on programming I experienced with my stepdad, mm. you know, that I wasn't good enough to explain. I had to do all this explaining. I wasn't good enough or smart enough to be seen as my true self. And so because of that, I wouldn't allow myself to go into, you know, really explaining or sharing. I would just be like, here's the idea and that's enough. You know, whoever felt it, they'll come, which they they do come. There's something about my gift of communication that I really hadn't been unleashing it. And I was like, you know what? There's That's one thing, park that. The other thing that came out in this newsletter was for a long time, my whole life, I felt stuck between two places. I'm not black enough and I'm not white enough. So there's parts of me that grew up in a beautiful suburban, you know, Schomburg, blue ribbon schools. And there's times where we're fucking poor from Detroit and like living in Inglewood and like homeless, right? And moving between these different worlds and being a black woman, but operating in a white world and having white friends or being the only black person or going to an all black school and someone being like, you talk like a white girl. And I'm like, what the fuck do I, where do I belong then? Like, I'm so tired of the shit. I'm getting hurt everywhere I go. Where do I belong? Everyone likes me, but where do I actually belong? Shout out to my celestials for being like, you belong with us and you belong wherever you want to be. That was a huge, and I had to keep learning that lesson a lot, even in my career. So this newsletter that just came out was me being like, I've been stuck in the middle and it's allowed me to do the work that I do and to relate one-to-one. But what would it look like if I didn't have to explain, but I could share the truth of what I really hold and how I see the world? And so this email was full of all the fears, all the things that I didn't want to share. I'm like, I have an issue with these huge phrases of just, again, white fragility or just Black Lives Matter, where the energy behind it is still causing harm. Black Lives Matter to me, I understand it and I respect it and it's needed. And there's an energy of begging, please see us, where there is a need for seeing and there's also a need of just reclaiming our own power as Black people regardless what else the world does. Like, what would that look like? What would it look like to define our culture? Oh, y'all, this is great. Defining our culture outside of enslavement or beyond before that. That's the kind of healing I want everyone to do, particularly black people, but also white people. I don't want it to be always defining just on whiteness. There's so much more. These are the things that's stopping us from feeling each other's heart and trusting when there's moments of healing or relating to really allow and trust and be in community. So that email was like, what, 15, 20 like deep fears that I just needed to fucking say and be like, unsubscribe, like find your, I hope that you, it would rattle you and you would stay to explore more. But that's also not my job anymore. Like that's what I was doing. I always like manage how I said something so that it would resonate just enough to call you forward so you would go deep with me. But if I just say the truth and maybe you'll be around to catch more truths and we can explore them in whatever way, whether that's you know out on social media or in one of my containers or just with your own people. And we never touch, touch base again. It was huge though. It was huge. I love oh. the piece on you believe in both sides of liberation. Yes, I do. I really do. I feel that. And I, you know, sometimes spirit shows this to me in my own brilliant mind. I won't always give all the credits as we are. I'll keep doing that. It's important. Again, both. Of what would it be like if we can not expect, like sometimes this is how they showed it to me. They're like, listen, Ash, 
I've had a lot of lovers and relationships. I'm like, I, 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 that's spicy. Yeah. Mm, yes. Give me some loving. Yes. We go to other worlds. Like, yeah. Not that life. <laughs> and so um, they're like, you know, would you keep staying in a relationship begging for him to see you? Like when it's over or you haven't been loved the way that you need to be loved, what do you do? Ooh, and I'm like, oh yeah, wow. I exit. I leave and I go in to care for myself, self-care, self-love, do whatever healing that is needed, see my truth of how I participated in something. Not to say that there wasn't pain and infliction and responsibility on the other, but what am I going to do, mm-hmm. right? And so when they showed it to me in the context of race relations, I was like, gulp, like, oh, fuck. My community is going to fuck me up if I say that, right? But I was like, there is a truth of, what part are we going to own and move forward with? How much do I, how, hmm, how do I want to say this? What will I no longer carry? Because I'm willing to go into the healing and what life could be like instead of holding on to the transgressions and the pain. Can you say that one more time? I don't know. <laughs> I just thought it was so, I thought it was so powerful. I'm like, like see I'm again. like rocking back and I forth. Know. I'm like, I saw that. I saw <laughs> you. We're having a moment. Yeah, it, it is. That's the question. No and I've seen it also in like different DMs or messages with people where they're like, I don't know how I would define myself if I let go of the trauma and the pain. Mm. And it's this mm. belief that if I do that, my ancestors won't be vindicated, right? Or their pain mm. was for nothing and other people are getting off the hook. And I'm like, no, actually your healing, your vibrancy, the new impression, like all this new goodness, the deepest desires of our people would be had. We would come back into right size in this country for the first time. And once you have your own respect, it requires other people to respect you. Wow. There's lots of different ways. People all have their roles, but this one, this one's mine and I'm finally really saying it and owning it. How has it felt? Oh my God, I couldn't stop writing. Oh. I could have, that that one email could have been so, it will be. There's mm-hmm. so much more that needs to be said. I, I was actually going on a really great date and he came and I was like, hey, so I know you said <laughs> to be ready at 4.15, <laughs> but I have got to get this out. Like I have got to finish like the thought and then I can come back and clean it up because I really do. Those emails I write in real energy. They're not like done a few days early. And he was like, sure. Like, oh my God, which is a whole nother thing around relationships and men and healing mm. and ancestral stuff. And so, uh, yeah, I just could sob. It felt so good. I was like, thank you for dropping these chains. Like, thank you for having the courage to step into the love that I know that I have to give. And I'm very quite, I'm wonderfully skilled in doing the work. Like I've literally sat with people who thought that they were having one argument around rent and living together, but really it was much deeper. It was a man and a woman. So they had the whole masculine and female thing going on. Then they had two different races, totally different backgrounds. Ancestrally, there were wounds around war, right? Race. And I'm like, let's just hold this. Let's come into the deeper levels of what's really going on. And they were ready to just bounce and walk, like ripping everything apart. The relationship's done. And I was like, it's more than what's on the surface here. So that email is just a taste of what's to come. I am stepping into a new energy and a new way of being that I'm so grateful what's finally happened because wow. I was too afraid. I have a friend who's an incredible coach, shout out to Madison, um, who's seen this beginning of 2018. And she was like, I wonder when you're really going to say it. Like people know when they work with you one-on-one, but when will you really say? 
how you hold and what you see. Yeah. Wow. Thankful. The part about, I just, I appreciated the whole thing and I felt like I just was in chills reading it. And I just really appreciated the part about nuance. You know, I talked to, we're working with a coach. Her name's Jessica Sharp. She's amazing. And, you know, in our conversations, we just talk a lot about nuance and how there is not just one way. We're not, we're dualistic in many ways, but there's just such a, a sea of nuance that we always need to pay attention to. So I felt like that part really came through for me that I felt like I appreciated as a white woman. I was like, oh, I feel seen in the understanding of like nuance. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. I really appreciate that y'all actually caught that. Like that is, uh, that's brand spanking now. So I really- It's amazing. Yeah, I'm happy that, for you. I feel some tears behind my eyes. Like, oh, thank you. Hold them in. <laughs> I think, I don't know. This is new mascara. It might be waterproof. I can't fucking remember. Pisces vibes. I'll, just really quickly too. It's funny on the, I'm just, I'm keep bringing up the Pisces thing because you're so Pisces for me. But it's, it's like, I relate to with the Pisces piece of feeling like there's an ocean of emotion and experience and that no one will like ever be able to reach the depths of it. And even when I was little, I was like, no one will ever know me because we're so deep and there's so much there. We're like the ocean. Okay. That's true. Last question for me. You mentioned the relationship piece, love piece, but I just wanted to, we we were complimenting your ring before we started and I was just so taken by the reason and or we were like, oh, beautiful ring, assuming that it was an engagement ring, et cetera. So I'd love, I'd love to hear that story behind that. If you're willing yeah. to share. Yeah. There's a, there's a really amazing Julier. Julier? Julier? Julier. Yeah. Julier. Julier. <laughs> you're in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, named Anna Michelin. So she's mm. Italian. She's been doing a special crystal mining. She has an incredible shop in Bali. And I've been buying mm. specially made jewels and crystals from her for since I moved there. Like, I really love it. Like she calls me and she's like, I got something special for you. And so I was going through a huge heartbreak. I was in love with this man for seven years. We had many past lives together. In fact, I lost my queendom in one of our past lives because of him. And so we were working that out in this lifetime. Yeah, it was one of the patriarchy was coming in actually. And so um, he was my king and he had, you know, concubines and things. And I had my other men, but our partnership when it was my queendom. And so, um, skip, skip, skip. Uh, He, we had this great idea to have him front, like it was his kingdom in order to help, you know, navigate and like, have, have some meetings with these guys coming in trying to like take over and shit. And he loved the power so much that he didn't give it back. And so I sabotaged my own queendom in order for him not to have it. And so uh, we were frolicking around in this lifetime (laughs) and uh, it didn't work out again. And so I was so distraught and I had like traveled and done all this stuff and given so much and like, there was so much happening and I hadn't, I hadn't done the ancestral healing on the line of my women around love and money and vulnerability and trust and honoring the masculine and owning the queendom, the queenship and all of these things yet at that time. And so after that breakup, I went to Anna and was like, I need a power talisman. I need a totem or I look at this and I might not be fully in this power yet, but I'm growing the fuck into it. I need that. And she's like, oh, I've got something for you. So this is an imperial topaz ring. 
Um, it's set in sterling silver, but it also has a, a 24 karat like uh, coating around it. It's yellow, just to give you guys a and square mm-hmm. cut, y'all. And it's got some um, rutilations in it and an, uh, a rainbow in it as well. And the color gold, that goldenness. I also have some particular deities that are around me in my African lineage that work in the colors of gold. And I just was like, this ring speaks to me. It is it is the woman that I'm becoming and I, I'm marrying myself. I'm giving myself this ring. And I did it and I love it so much. So whenever I really want to feel who I am, it's the ring that I choose and wear. And who knows, you know, if I get married again, you know, maybe, maybe I'll add something to it. I don't know. Beautiful. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Okay. Where can our community find you? Thank you so much for yeah, truly. such been... an amazing, this was amazing. I'm really grateful for you and I'm grateful for your newly stepping out. I feel like it was kismet too. Just everything that happened and I'm so happy for you. So where can our community connect with you? Well, before I tell them that, I just want to tell y'all, like this is so beautiful. Listening to the podcast, I was like, they really bring you in. And that's what I was looking forward to feeling and being in. And uh, we've done that here. So Mm. y'all are truly gifted in what you do. So thank you from my heart and my people. I appreciate this. Thank you. We love them. Yeah. (laughs) So y'all can find me at Ash Inspires on Instagram. Um, If you really want to get into community, make sure you hop on my email newsletter, which you can go to ashleyjohns.com. And uh, yeah, that's a good place to to jump in together. I I look forward to that. I love in your bio, you have Teach by Living. Yes. That's iconic. That's it. That's the truth though. You know, it's really iconic. Mm. Thank you. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank y'all. Bye. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Ash. You can learn more about Ash's work at ashleyjohns.com. Yeah. And if you were interested in getting her full session that we did at camp and all the other sessions at camp, make sure to check out our membership. We have motivation, inspiration, everything you guys need to pursue your goals for 2021, stay on track and feel like yourself while doing it. Yeah. Really, really, really hyped to support you and do this together. So almost30.com slash membership. We appreciate you. Yeah. We love you guys so much. Thank you for being a part of our community. And just want to thank our sponsors before we go. Yeah. Our sponsors are brands that we love and use ourselves and we know you trust us. So here they are. Function of Beauty, Nutribullet, Sakara, and Thrive Market. Make sure to check out our show notes as well as our website under the partners tab to get the discounts, the codes, and the links to all of your new favorite products. Yeah. We love you guys. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.